Welcome to the Mariners Podcast from Sports Ethos, your place for worldwide sports coverage. I'm your host, Tino Ganasius. You can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20 and the podcast at Ethos Mariners. It is July 18th, Tuesday. Uh, on this podcast, we are going to recap last night's game, the 7-6 victory by the Seattle Mariners over the Minnesota Twins. We will preview uh, today's pitching matchup of Brian Wu against Bailey Ober. And we'll talk a little bit about the promotions of Cole Young and Gabriel Gonzalez from uh, low A Modesto to high A Everett, uh, their hot starts and uh, what their ETAs look like to arrive in the major leagues, as well as what I think their prospect upside is on top 100 lists. So with that, uh, last night, the Mariners won 7-6. They scored seven runs on seven hits. Uh, it was Logan Gilbert against Sonny Gray. Uh, really nice, pretty even pitching matchup between those two. Twins took a 2-0 lead in the top of the third. Mariners fought back to score four in the bottom of the fifth to take a 4-2 lead. Twins cut it to 4-3 in the sixth. Mariners answered to make it 5-3. Mariners scored two more in the seventh. Took a 7-3 lead, and then it was a little tenuous at the end with Ty Adcock. He gave up a three-run home run to Max Kepler with two outs. Uh, Mariners brought in Paul Seawald to get his 19th save again to win 7-6. So digging a little deeper into this game, uh, Logan Gilbert went five innings, seven hits, two runs, one walk, five strikeouts uh, to move to eight and five. Now has a 3-6-5 ERA. Gabe Spire pitched two-thirds of an inning, gave up a run. It was a solo home run to Joey Gallo that we will dig into a little bit in a minute. Ninth hold for Spire, uh, Matt Brash pitched a scoreless um, or pitched a, a third of an inning in the sixth and then pitched part of the seventh. One inning, one hit, one walk, three strikeouts. Andres Munoz, one in the third, one walk, three strikeouts. Ty Adcock, as I said, three runs on two-thirds of an inning. Paul Seawald, one-third of an inning, 1K for his 19th save. Uh, so Logan Gilbert in this game, again, seven hits in five innings, gave up two runs, five strikeouts. He reverted back to his uh, pre-Astros start pitch mix in this game, 39% fastball, 41% for the season, 35% slider, 28% for the season, 16% or 14% knuckle curve, 16% for the season, 12% splitter, 14% for the season. So pretty similar pitch mix as he's he's had uh, over the course of this season so far. A little heavier slider, but um, did not lead with the slider as he did against the Astros. Uh, velocity was pretty much pretty similar to what it's been over the course of the season. He was down 0.4 miles an hour on the fastball, average 95 in this game. Uh, spin rate was pretty normal. Spin rate on the knuckle curve was up 79 RPMs, but that's probably due to the fact that the velocity on the knuckle curve was down 1.2 miles an hour. Uh, so stuff looked fine. Only eight swings and misses on 50 swings for a 16% uh, whiff rate. Definitely see opportunities for Logan Gilbert with two strikes um, to throw an out pitch to try to strike hitters out. Uh, he thought that that the split finger may be that pitch coming into the season. It was not that pitch in this game. 
He did get two pitch or two whiffs on seven swings on the splitter, but he definitely could use uh, more work on an out pitch with uh, with two strikes on hitters because eight whiffs on on fifty swings is not very many. Uh, so again, Logan Gilbert went away from that Houston Astros pitch mix where he led with the slider at thirty eight percent. I was interested to see if the Mariners were going to continue that since uh, they were so successful against the Astros in that last series before the All-Star break where you had uh, both George Kirby and uh, Luis Castillo leading with sinker, Logan Gilbert leading with slider. Uh, All four typically lead with four-seam fastball, but again, they reverted back to what they had done previously uh, in their first starts post-All-Star break. So that looks to be a, a Houston Astros adjustment and not a uh, overall Mariners starting pitching uh, pitch mix uh, adjustment. So Mariners hitters uh, did not look great in this game. There were some moments of uh, productivity from a number of or a couple of Mariners, but for the most part, um, Mariners offense still looked pretty pretty poor. Uh, Jared Kelnick went two for four. He had two RBIs, scored a run. Eugenio Suarez went two for four. He did hit a two-run home run, had two RBIs, obviously. Uh, Taylor Hernandez had a ringing double. And Jose Caballero was pretty clutch with the RBI single as well. But uh, only two players with with more than one hit, seven hits overall. Uh, for the Mariners, J.P. Crawford did not get on base in four plate appearances. Julio Rodriguez walked once in four plate appearances. So, again, when the Mariners get some semblance of production from, say, one or two hitters, the pitching is typically good enough where they can win. Um, but this offense has not really put it together as a whole. Uh, Sonny Gray was cruising in this game through four innings, so the Mariners were pretty lucky uh, to get to him in the fifth. So first inning, I'm going to point out a couple of at-bats that I found interesting. First inning, Julio Rodriguez struck out on four pitches. Uh, last pitch was looking. He took a, his first pitch fastball that was way up. Then he fouled off a fastball that was uh, low and away. Um, he swung at the third pitch, which is a sweeper that was low and way outside, like just – ridiculous swing but then he took strike three on a sweeper that was a low and outside it wasn't even on the corner it was more middle middle and so clearly he wasn't looking for the sweeper but he's also in unable right now to adjust you know to look fastball and adjust to breaking ball it's pretty clear that he's guessing up there and he got locked up um not a good sign I don't really know what you do to teach that tight teach pitch recognition, but clearly uh, Julio was looking for something other than the sweeper in that, uh, in that count. And that can't happen. You know, he took a pitch that was hittable um, and was clearly looking for, for more velocity. So I don't know, you're always taught to look fastball and, and adjust to breaking stuff. And uh, it was pretty clear in that count um, that Julio was not able to adjust to that. So not a good sign from him in the bottom of the first Ty France in the bottom of the second was a five-pitch strikeout. Uh, he took a cutter bottom rail for called strike one. Uh, sinker up and in, that was a ball. But then three straight sweepers that were all way outside. He swung at one, 
one was in the dirt and then he swung at another one for strike three. Uh, he looks to be chasing and guessing. Um, I don't know that Ty France has an idea as to what he's doing at the plate other than just trying to, you know, see the ball and hit the ball. And there's no reason for, for pitchers to throw him strikes unless, you know, you've got runners on base and you're trying not to walk him. But as of right now, he's swinging at everything. Top three, uh, Logan Gilbert, as I've said over and over again, um, when he doesn't locate, he gets hit. And uh, top three, he had location issues. So Michael A. Taylor had a two-pitch double. It was on a slider that was middle-middle. He hit 108 miles an hour off the bat, but slider right down the middle on a 1-0 count. Uh, Carlos Correa drove him in on a double. This was a uh, middle-of-the-zone, high knuckle curve that was just a hanging knuckle curve. Pretty easy uh, pitch for a major leaguer to hit. I have bad pitch in my notes. Edouard Julien came up and singled on a hanging slider that was up and away to a left-hander, so it was coming in towards him, but up and away. Pretty easy hit pitch again to hit is a hanging slider from a right-hander to a left-handed hitter. And then Alex Kirloff um, hit a sack fly to right field on a hanging uh, hanging slider. But what's notable about this at-bat was that it was a nine-pitch sack fly. So in this in this at bat, you would have liked to have seen, you know, if Logan Gilbert had a pitch that he was confident in throwing for strike three, he would have thrown it and he would have struck uh, Alex Kirloff out, but he gave up a uh, a run on a sack fly instead. So location issues here, that um, lack of an out pitch kind of reared its ugly head in the top of the third. And then Max Kepler hit a double in the top of the fourth that didn't come back to, to bite Logan Gilbert, but it was on another pitch. That was a uh, belt high outer half knuckle curve to a left-hander. So location issues, I think Logan Gilbert, when he's not locating, is going to get um, hit pretty hard. Uh, that much was clear in the third and the fourth inning. So bottom five, Sonny Gray was cruising, one out. Teoscar Hernandez doubled. It was a uh, on a sweeper that was in the middle of the zone but low. 106.7 off the bat. Got the rally started. Ty France, six-pitch walk. If you look at the pitch location on this walk, though, there was he had better walk <laughs> because three of those pitches were way low and outside. Um, also, I think Sonny Gray was probably getting forward to chase, but knowing that he had first base open with the runner on second, it could set up the double play with one out. Uh, Mike Ford was hit on the foot on a breaking pitch to load the bases. So bases loaded one out to Jose Caballero. And once again, the dude's clutch, man. I just, I love his at-bats. Uh, One-two count, or excuse me, uh, RBI single on a middle-middle curveball um, to make the uh, to make the score 2-1 twins. Uh, Julio came up six-pitch walk uh, with the bases loaded, to, picked up an RBI. Only one of those pitches was a strike. Um it's nice to see him be able to check his swing in this situation. I'm not sure what the difference was in, in this at-bat versus the previous one, but you'll take the six-pitch walk. Game was now tied 2-2. Jared Kelnick uh, fought off a uh, fastball that was up and in to hit a two-RBI single to left field. It was 69 miles an hour off the bat, but good hitting and uh, made the score 4-2. Joey Gallo came up 
in the top of the sixth left-handed batter against left-handed Gabe Spire. And this at-bat was really frustrating for me. And I don't know if this is a trend with uh, pitching, current pitching, or if things have changed over the years. And I've said it before, but Gallo was down 0-2 in the count. Uh, Gabe Spire had thrown two slot, two sinkers so far. And, you know, Spire sinker is a pretty hard pitch. It's typically around 95. And that third pitch was, I don't know if he missed the target or what was going on, but he threw another sinker 0-2 that was belt high, but down and down the middle. And he hit a 109-2 off the bat for a 422-foot home run. So I know you're trying to, you know, not not to walk guys, but you had an 0-2 count lefty on lefty, and you threw him the third type of pit, he threw, threw the third sinker in a row, and he threw it straight down the middle. Clearly, he wasn't trying to throw it straight down the middle, but I don't get why, A, you chose to throw another sinker, and B, why you wouldn't waste at least two pitches on Joey Gallo. He's a notorious strikeout, you know, hitter. He strikes out a ton. He's like the epitome of a three true outcome uh, hitter. He barely hits 200 each year, if he does. So I looked up Joey Joey Gallo's chase contact, which is the percentage of time he makes contact with a pitch if he's chasing a pitch that's outside of the zone. And his chase contact rate is 33.3%. League average chase contact, 58.1%. So 14.8% less contact on pitches that he chases outside of the zone, which is further evidence that Gabe Spire should have thrown at minimum two pitches way outside of the zone to see if Joey Gallo would chase. Mariners should be calling for this. Um, Gabe Spire should know this. I felt like it was a horrible, horrible pitch selection and horrible location. Um, This made the game 4-3. Bottom seven, the Mariners were up 5-3. Uh, Eugenio Suarez hit a two-run home run off of Oliver Ortega. It was a seven-pitch at-bat, 103 off the bat. Um, scored Jared Kelnick as well. Um, nice at-bat from Suarez. I think he's starting to heat up a bit. He was the offensive star in this game. Uh, good sign for the Mariners. The Mariners go up 7-3. Uh, because it wasn't a safe situation, Ty Adcock was brought in to pitch the ninth. He let two runners on, so two on, two out. Uh, and he threw a slider to Max Kepler, who's a left-handed hitter, that was up. And in the inner half, um, that Kepler hit out for a three-run home run. Again, bad pitch location. Uh, slider coming into a left-hander from a right-hander needs to be down and towards the back foot, not up and in. That's a pretty you pull your hands in as a left-handed hitter that's not a difficult pitch to to really make hard contact on felt like it was a dumb pitch in a dumb location uh so he gives up the three-run home run Paul Seawall comes in close it out to get his uh to pick up the the save his 19th but there was some brain farts in this one I think by Mariners pitching especially with regards to uh uh pitch selection but again, Mariners win 7-6. You'll take the win. Uh, interesting pitching, as I've said. Um, Logan Gilbert only went five. 
Uh, Mariners were lucky to score some runs. Eugenio Suarez was the offensive start in this game, again, going two for four with the home run. So uh, today's pitching matchup is Brian Wu against Bailey, o- Bailey Ober. Brian Wu, as we've covered, one and one with a 3.63 ERA and a 107 whip. 28 hits in 34 and two-thirds innings, only nine walks and 43 strikeouts. That's good for a 30.5% K rate. Uh, lefties are hitting 360 with a 1.149 OPS against Wu. Righties only 122. Uh, about a run and a half better at home than he is on the road, ERA-wise, 2.53 ERA at home. Um, but we talked about that cutter becoming a weapon for him against right righties uh, that he's thrown it a lot more recently. So watch for Brian Wu to mix um, four-seam fastball and sinker about 70% of the time, 70 to 75% of the time, and then uh, slider cutter. He will throw some change-ups to lefties, but uh, for the most part, he's fastball and sinker. But he's been a super fun watch. Watch him while you can. Mariners are probably going to shut him down pretty soon due to some innings uh, restrictions coming off of uh, surgery in 21. So Brian Wu goes for the Mariners. Bailey Ober is the opposing pitcher for the Twins. 28 years old. Uh, Very interesting profile for Bailey Ober. He doesn't throw very hard. He averages 91.3 on the four-seam fastball, but he's 6'9", 260 pounds, and he's in the 99th percentile um, for uh, extension. So that 91.3 plays way up um, to the hitters because of the height and the extension. He was drafted in the 12th round by the Twins in 2017. He's arbitration eligible in 2025 and a free agent in 28. So far this season, he's 5-4 and four with a 2.61 ERA and a 0.97 whip. He's gone 82 and two-thirds innings, 254 Babbitt, uh, 80.8% left on base percentage. But I think some of this is actually sustainable because he has such a high fly ball rate. It's a 38% fly ball rate, which is 14.7% higher than league average, uh, only a 32.6% ground ball rate. Uh, batted ball comps, uh, Christian Javier, Max Scherzer, and actually Bryce Miller. So Mariners fans are used to seeing Bryce Miller induce tons of fly balls, kind of get just above that bat with the fastball. Um, Bailey Ober does something kind of similar uh, with his fastball. No real platoon splits to speak of versus lefties and righties. 44% fastball at 91 miles an hour. 26% changeup at 84, 21% slider at 81, 9% curveball at 78. Uh, he does throw about 5% more first pitch strikes than league average and about 2% higher uh, whiff rate than league average. So Mariners are facing a tough pitcher in Bailey Ober. Bailey Ober is a good fit at T-Mobile because T-Mobile does suppress fly balls quite a bit. Uh, so Mirren's got a tough go, but uh, Brian Wu on the mound, who's also been a tough out, um, 2.20 ERA for Brian Wu since his first start in Texas. Should be a fun game. Very interested to watch this game. Uh, so lastly, the Mariners promoted both Gabriel Gonzalez and uh, Cole Young to uh, high A Everett from uh, low A Modesto. 
Uh, it looks like these players are going to be on similar uh, time frames, which is kind of cool to watch when when uh, players can move forward together. Uh, Cole Young is 19. He's about to be 20 years old. Gabriel Gonzalez is 19 and a half years old right now. Cole Young was the Mariners' first round pick last year. Uh, drafted as a left-handed hitting shortstop. In all likelihood, I think he's going to move to second. He was drafted out of uh, high school in Pittsburgh, 21st overall, six foot 180. I have his ETA as sometime in 2025. That might be a little aggressive, but I think he's going to come quickly. I have his tools as a 60 hit, 55 across the rest of the board, power, speed, field, and overall. Um, so in his first three games in Everett, seven for 11, the triple, a homer, four runs, three RBIs, four walks, and a steal. Uh, he had an 825 OPS in uh, in Modesto so far this season. In 303 at-bats, he had hit five home runs, had 17 steals, seven triples. Uh, really skilled player. Um, not as quick twitch as you might want to see, but I think that the power is starting to show a little bit more than people expected. Really, really good bat to ball. Uh, more walks than strikeouts in Modesto in in those 78 games uh, this season. Also more walks than strikeouts last season in Modesto. So you're looking at a very skilled hitter that doesn't strike out a lot, um, has some speed. And what you're looking for him to develop is uh, more explosiveness, more power, because you know that the hit tool is there. You know that the bat to ball is there. Uh, if Cole Young can continue to impact the ball in the way that he has so far this season, now you're looking at a 2020 guy. Um, and that is obviously hugely, hugely valuable, specifically at second base. Uh, I'm interested to see if that power continues to develop. It's the one skill that Cole Young, where there was a question with Cole Young, very similar to Colt Emerson, the Mariners' first round pick this season. But reasons to be excited about Cole Young, you see him in the top 50 of some uh, midseason prospect ranks. I don't can't say I saw that coming into the coming into this season. So keep an eye on Cole Young. He was the first of two Mariners big bats that were promoted from Modesto to uh, Everett over the all-star break. The other is Gabriel Gonzalez, 5'10", listed at 165. He looks closer to 185, 190 to me. He was signed... Uh, in 2021, out of Venezuela for $1.3 million. Again, he's 19 and a half years old. <clears throat> I have his hit as a 55, power as a 60, speed and defense as 50s, and overall as a 55. I think hit and power have the opportunity or the potential to move up um, a half grade. I could see him ending as a 60 hit and 65 power. But for now, I'm going to keep it there. His ETA is also 25, but I could see that inching to 26. Uh, he hit, so in Modesto this season, in 296 play, uh, at-bats, he hit 348 with a 933 OPS and nine home runs. Uh, so far in Everett, He's five of 13 in three games for with a double, a homer, a run, and six RBIs. He's just a bat, man. He impacts the ball a ton. He's not going to play great defense. He could get on the heavy side. 
He's not super mobile. He's a big swinging right-handed bat, but he makes contact and he hits the ball very hard when he hits it. So Gabriel Gonzalez is the bat that I love. I think he is uh, a potential Mariners starting right fielder down the road um, in a couple of years, but fun to see these two bats uh, promoted together. And uh, I think as long as they continue to progress in a manner that uh, that's on schedule, I would expect them to continue to progress together. They're both 19. Um, they're both, again, I expect them both up at about 21, 22 years old, sometime in 25, maybe 26, but super fun. That, that uh, single A Everett team is actually coming to Tri-Cities this weekend and early next week. I'm going to try to get out to see them. You've got Harry Ford, you've got Cole Young, You've got Gabriel Gonzalez. That's just, I think, uh, I think there are a couple of others on that list as well, but super fun team to watch. It's a team that I would like to get out to see if I can. And just a quick update on the Mariner standings. Mariners are 47 and 46, one game over 500, eight games back of the Texas Rangers, a plus 32 run differential, six and four in the last 10 games and uh, four and a half games out of the wild card. Uh, so Mariners looking good. It should be a fun game tonight. Uh, if the Mariners can get this one, you've guaranteed a split against a team that's very similar to you in record and in, uh, kind of true talent, I think should be a good time. Brian Wu is, has quickly become a fan favorite and and a really fun pitcher to watch. Like I said, his innings are going to be capped pretty soon here. So get out there to see him if you have an opportunity. Uh, so this was the Mariners cast for Tuesday, July 18th. We will be back tomorrow to uh, review tonight's game and uh, talk about the, the upcoming uh, other two games of the series. So thank you for listening to the Mariners cast. We are presented by Sports Ethos. Once again, you can find me on Twitter at Tino Junior 20. That's T-I-N-O-J-R-2-0 and the podcast at Ethos Mariners. E-T-H-O-S-M-A-R-I-N-E-R-S. If I have time, I will dig more into some Mariners trade, uh, potential trade targets as well uh, for upcoming episode, either uh, tomorrow or the day after tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. Take care, y'all. Peace.